Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and how the tech are you? It's time for a Tech Stuff Tidbits, and recently my colleague Joe McCormick, who is a co-host on Stuff to Blow Your Mind, is also a former writer for the Forward Thinking video series, and he was also a co-host on the accompanying podcast with me back in the day. He reached out to me and asked if I had ever done an episode about the terahertz gap, and I had not, and figured it'd be a perfect candidate for a Tech Stuff Tidbits episode. So, what the heck is the terahertz gap? Well, it has to do with the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, this is the distribution of all the different kinds of electromagnetic energy, from radio waves to visible light to stuff like gamma radiation. All of that is energy that falls along the electromagnetic spectrum. And we describe energy on this spectrum in a couple of different ways, really three ways. Uh, Namely, we describe it by the energy's wavelength of the individual waves of that particular energy, Uh, its frequency, which 
is related to the wavelength and also in terms of photonic energy, kind of like how much oomph this radiation has, uh, which is also related to wavelength and frequency. So wavelength, as the name implies, describes how long that specific kind of energy's waves are. So we can think of this energy as traveling in waves. If we want to get quantum with it, we can also think of it as traveling in, in like particles, but we're not going to get into quantum mechanics quite yet. So when we talk about wavelength, we are talking about a measurable distance. So if we were to plot out a wavelength, kind of like a sine wave on graph paper, we would measure the distance from the peak of one wave to the peak of the next wave. Now, these go into a, an incredible range of, of wavelengths. If we look at something like the extremely low frequency band of radio waves, that includes wavelengths that are up to 100,000 kilometers long. So 100,000 kilometers of wavelength. Now on the flip side of the electromagnetic spectrum, we have gamma radiation. The wavelength for a gamma wave is unimaginably tiny, like a few tenths of an angstrom. And an angstrom is one ten billionth of a meter. So we're talking about a scale that's an order smaller than uh, a nanometer. A nanometer is one billionth of a meter. So gamma waves are really, really, really small. Frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum, on the other hand, describes how many wavelengths of a particular type of energy passes a certain point in a given amount of time. Now, the unit we use is the hertz, and one hertz would be equivalent to a single wavelength taking a full second to pass a given point. Uh, even if we were to look at the extremely low frequency side of the spectrum where we have those super, super long wavelengths, like 100,000 kilometer long waves, we're talking about a frequency of three hertz at this point, which would mean that three of those waves would pass any given point in a single second. Now, all of these energies are traveling at the same speed. So none of them are going faster than another. A radio wave moves at the same speed as a gamma wave. They're all moving at the speed of light. I mean, light is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. So Gamma rays do not move faster than radio waves, but because gamma rays are so incredibly small and radio waves are so incredibly long, a whole lot more gamma radiation is going to pass a given point in a second than radio radiation. Uh, the analogy I like to use is imagine that you have two lanes on a highway and in the right lane is a line of buses and they're essentially traveling bumper to bumper at 50 miles per hour. In the left lane, you have a line of itty-bitty smart cars. They're also traveling bumper to bumper. They're also traveling at 50 miles per hour. And we put you uh, at a certain point on the highway, we give you a stopwatch, and we tell you to count how many buses pass by you in a span of, let's say, 10 seconds. So over 10 seconds, you count the number of buses that pass your point then we have you do the same thing, but now you're counting the smart cars that pass you. Well, you're obviously going to count way more smart cars than you will buses in those 10 seconds because multiple smart cars can fit in the same physical space as a single bus. 
So yeah, the vehicles are all traveling at the same speed, but the size of the vehicle, which relates to the length of a wave, means that you're going to get way more of the smaller ones than the bigger ones in the same amount of time. As for photonic energy, that also increases as wavelengths decrease and frequencies increase. So gamma radiation packs way more of an energetic punch than, say, an extremely low-frequency radio wave. Now, over time, we've learned how to harness many of the frequencies that are in the electromagnetic spectrum in order to do specific kinds of stuff. And there's some messy overlaps, and definitions largely depend upon the source. So while I can give you ranges for different types of electromagnetic energy and say like, oh, it, it ranges from this wavelength to this wavelength or this frequency to this frequency. Uh, different definitions can actually have that, have a different starting place and a different ending place. So it gets a little difficult. For example, you could argue that radio waves range in frequency from three hertz to 30 billion hertz or 30 gigahertz. But that actually overlaps with what is broadly considered the microwave range of frequencies, which according to the most common definitions go from 1 gigahertz or 1 billion hertz up to 100 billion hertz or 100 gigahertz in frequency. So there you would see there's some overlap, right? Between 1 and 30 gigahertz, you would have overlap between the microwave range and the radio range. Um... By the way, we could also say that the microwave range corresponds with wavelengths that are between 300 millimeters to 3 millimeters. Remember, as the wavelength goes down, the frequency goes up and vice versa. Now, let's talk about terahertz and the terahertz gap. So tera, in this instance, refers to trillion in the metric system. So if we go by the different prefixes that we typically use in this realm, uh, kilo means a thousand, so a kilohertz is a thousand hertz. Mega refers to one million. Megahertz would be a million hertz. Giga is one billion. We already mentioned that. And then tera is one trillion. So an electromagnetic energy with a frequency of one terahertz would mean you would have one trillion wavelengths of this energy pass a given spot in one second. Now, there's a section of the electromagnetic spectrum that sits between the microwave range of spectrums and where infrared begins. And it starts at around 0.1 terahertz in frequency, or around 3 millimeters if we're looking at wavelength, and it goes up to around 10 terahertz or 30 micrometers in wavelength. And even that is a little fuzzy, right? Like, it, it all depends on your point of view and, and what you're talking about and how we're talking about harnessing terahertz frequencies. But it's in this little section of radiation tucked between microwaves and infrared where we haven't quite really harnessed the energy to its fullest potential. Uh, so we can use microwaves to do stuff like set up communication systems, or I mean, you can use them to heat up food in a microwave oven, or potentially you could use them as a means of transmitting energy to distant receptors for stuff like, say, space elevators. You wouldn't be generating energy this way. It would literally be you generate energy in one spot or, you know, you I guess you're not technically generating, but you're harnessing energy in one spot, transmitting it over distance with microwaves and receiving it in some distant spot. 
So it's a basic like antenna kind of approach, but you're talking about energy, not uh, communications. You're not modulating the signal for that purpose. We can leverage infrared to create systems that let us see in what would otherwise be darkness. You know, thermal vision works in this way where we can uh, see thermal energy, which is infrared energy, or we can use infrared to create all sorts of kinds of heating elements. And there's even like infrared lasers and things of that nature. And then, of course, later on, we have the visible light spectrum, which a lot of us rely upon every single day directly. And obviously, a ton of our technology is centered on generating or exploiting visible light. And then at higher frequencies, we have stuff like x-rays, which we've leveraged for medical imaging and more. But this little band of about 0.1 terahertz to 10 terahertz has proven to be a little more tricky for us to lean on. I'll explain more after we come back from this quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's think of it this way. This range of frequencies in the electromagnetic spectrum kind of represents a zone that exists between the world of electronics and the world of optics. Optics obviously being technology that deals with light in some way. And in the realm of tech, you can almost think of it as kind of a no man's land, at least for broad technology. It's like a dead zone. Uh, This is the terahertz gap. So we can rely on technology like high-speed transistors and oscillating circuits to create lower-frequency electromagnetic radiation. So this would be like microwaves and radio waves and that kind of stuff. We can use electronics to do that. For the higher-frequency stuff, we can use semiconductor lasers to produce that kind of radiation from, you know, visible light all the way up to X-rays. But between these two we have that dang terahertz gap. And the range in the terahertz gap is one where we can't really produce those frequencies uh, using either of those primary methods. We have to go with other methods. And I could rattle off those methods, but honestly, it would start to sound like science fiction. You know, words like quantum would be coming up. And the point being that they aren't your run-of-the-mill approaches to creating electromagnetic radiation. It's the type of stuff you find in super high-tech laboratories. However, this doesn't mean that no one has any idea regarding how we might exploit terahertz radiation in the future. In fact, it's, it's a pretty rich area of research among physicists, and it's something that astronomers and cosmologists already use in order to study the universe. So labs around the world have discovered various methodologies for generating terahertz frequencies or for, you know, detecting terahertz radiation. But these are exceptions and so far have not evolved to a point where we could, say, scale them up and mass produce them or make efficient use of them where it would make sense to start using that technology for, um, you know, broader purposes. For these very specific narrow purposes, where you're talking about laboratory research, you know, like cutting-edge research, it makes sense there because you could be hitting some incredible breakthroughs that you otherwise wouldn't without the technology. But for practical everyday use, it doesn't yet make sense. We haven't cracked that code yet. And that's not to say there's a lack of interest there, but there are certain properties of terahertz frequency energies that kind of limit their applicability. So, for example... The Earth's atmosphere is pretty darn good at absorbing electromagnetic radiation in that terahertz gap range of frequencies. So we're talking about these these forms of radiation able to travel maybe a couple dozen meters before they get absorbed by the atmosphere. So that makes this band of electromagnetic energy unsuitable for stuff like, say, terrestrial communication systems. Because you would have to put your transmitters and your receivers so close together, you might as well just start shouting out the window. Now, you could potentially create 
short-distance networking systems that used terahertz radiation to transmit data. Like if you wanted to make an indoor Wi-Fi network, that's something that this technology could potentially do. Uh, Most of the devices we rely on for wireless networks have a fairly limited range already, so it's not like that would be unusual to us. And you could potentially have a terahertz radiation-based indoor Wi-Fi system that was super high throughput if we found a way to generate terahertz frequencies that was cost-effective and efficient. Now, on top of that, uh, liquid water will absorb terahertz radiation. So there's no real application where we could use it for anything that would involve water. Uh, Ditto for metals. It is highly reflected off of metals. So you could say there's some limited use cases for terahertz radiation for things like communications. However, there are other properties that this energy has that are potentially of huge benefit. And in fact, it's being used in that way in some limited cases. So for example, these frequencies are capable of penetrating some types of matter, including body tissue to a certain degree. That makes them kind of like X-rays, but unlike X-rays, terahertz radiation is non-ionizing. So that means it doesn't have that photonic energy that would be required to, say, strip electrons from their atoms. So X-rays are an ionizing form of radiation. One of the consequences of this is that exposure to X-rays can cause cellular damage. This ionizing radiation can damage cells and you can lead to serious things like like cancer. Uh, The energy in the terahertz gap lacks that ionizing capability, so it would be much more safe to use uh, for medical imaging. However, because the wavelengths in this frequency band are longer than X-rays, remember, higher the frequency, the shorter the wavelength. So this is a lower frequency, longer wavelength energy, and, you know, it's actually even longer than visible light. Visible light is, is a higher frequency than the terahertz gap. That means... If we were to use devices that generated electromagnetic waves in this gap band for the purposes of imaging, uh, for medical purposes, we would actually end up with lower resolution pictures than we would if we were to use x-rays. The wavelengths are literally too large to give us the same resolution we would get with an x-ray. So we would have to develop methods to enhance the image quality uh, that the we would get from these terahertz technologies if, in fact, we were to start using them for medical imaging. Another potential use for terahertz radiation is to examine non-conducting materials um, because, like I said, it can penetrate paper, plastic, wood, ceramics, and cardboard. So water and metals are out, but this other stuff is totally in. So theoretically, we could build this technology that could be used to scan for stuff like prohibited materials, like weapons or, you know, biologically hazardous materials. And it could even be a remote system. You could use terahertz radiation to scan someone remotely. Uh, The radiation itself would be harmless. And as long as you weren't too far away where the terahertz radiation would be absorbed by the atmosphere, you could scan folks safely and remotely. Astronomers have actually been using terahertz frequency detection for a while now to measure stuff like the cosmic microwave background radiation. That in turn is connected to the earliest moments of our universe, kind of like uh, the moments after expansion or even during expansion. So it's kind of like being able to peer back 
into the earliest days of the universe. Um, like the, the evolution of the universe in the, in the early, early times after the first instant. And we might use terahertz radiation in the future to do stuff like improve manufacturing processes. You can build machines that use terahertz scanning to look for flaws in manufactured components, for example. But in order to do all that, we first have to create technologies that can generate terahertz radiation without relying on these super advanced tech that you'd only find in sophisticated physics labs. And we're just not there yet, though there's been a lot of experimentation in the space. My guess is that the terahertz gap is a temporary thing. It's really just a way for us to say there's this one band of frequencies within the electromagnetic spectrum that we'll probably end up relying on heavily in the future for all sorts of applications. But first, we have to find scalable and economic ways to create the tech that generates those frequencies. So it's really just a matter of time. But that's what the terahertz gap is and what that means. So if you have suggestions for future Tech Stuff tidbits topics, or really any other tech-based topic, reach out to me on Twitter. The handle we use for the show is TechStuffHSW, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.